Welcome to Epiphany Brooklyn's podcast. I am Brandon Watts, lead pastor here at Epiph. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our desire is to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. May God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Grace and peace. Well, good day, Epiphany Church. It's so good to be gathered with you, virtually gathered with you for virtual church. I'm so excited that you got to hang out with us uh, this morning. Uh, Let me say this really quickly. If you know anybody that you've been trying to invite to church and uh, you've been trying to get them to to tap in, this is a good moment to uh, stop for a second, send them a text message, uh, shoot them the link, let them know that we are live and we're about to get into the word of God. Uh, As the worship team was singing that first song, I was thinking about Psalm 118, verse 24, where it says, this is the day that the Lord has made. We ought to rejoice and be glad in it. And one of the things I know about this quarantine is that rejoicing is a choice because there are so many things that I can complain about every single day I get up and uh, I find something that I I certainly can uh, be frustrated over. But today I choose to rejoice. I choose joy. And if you don't have any joy today, if you don't have any uh, excitement in your life, uh, let me uh, really push you to really trust in Jesus today. Uh, There's a scripture the psalmist says that in his presence, there is fullness of joy. So if you're looking for joy, uh, let me connect you to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords today. Well, I'm excited to uh, preach today. It's one of my responsibilities every Sunday morning. So wherever you are, if you're in the bed, if you're on the couch, if you are out at the park, wherever you are, if you got your coffee and you got your, your, uh, your donuts and your bagel, won't you grab your Bible? If you have a physical copy, won't you grab that? If you don't have a physical copy, grab your devices and get to John chapter four. John chapter four is where we're gonna be hanging out. Uh, As you guys are turning there, I am uh, really excited to really highlight a few people, recognize a few people that uh, that deserve to be recognized. And and honestly, man, in the season that we're in, typically they would have gotten a graduation. But uh, because we are socially distancing, we are not able to uh, go to any graduation. So we're going to highlight a few Epiphany members that graduated. It's Dr. Martin Luther King that said this. He says, intelligence plus character, that is the goal of education. And I'm excited to announce and really, really proud of all of those who graduated. And if uh, if you graduated and we don't have your name, forgive us. But there's a few people we do have the names and pictures of some people that have graduated. So I'm going to highlight them and their picture is going to come up somewhere on the screen. Uh, let me announce them. Abiola Barua. Janika Benoit, Lauren Craddock, Nicole Crew, Nico Dusek, shout out to Nico, Mimi Martino, and Leah Monplazier. These are Epiphany graduates. Shout out to them. We love you. We honor you. We recognize you. All of the work that you have done. We preach it every week that salvation is by grace alone, but uh, it is degrees that is by works. All right, let's get into the word of God today. We're in John chapter four. You should be there by now. John chapter four. There's two verses that I want to highlight today. I think, I'm not sure, but I'm, I think that this passage really hits home for a lot of us in the season that we find ourselves in. Two verses, won't you pick me up in verse six? It says, so Jesus 
wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. Please make note of that. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. There was much more that happened in this conversation, but I'm going to stop right there. I want to preach from a, a one word topic that I think really sums up the season that we're in. Tired. Can you do me a favor and just type that in the, the chat room and on Facebook and on YouTube? Just type that one word, tired, because I think that really expresses the emotion that many of us have felt. Let's look to the Lord before we dig in. Our Father, you have been so, 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 so faithful to us. Or we can look back and point back to moments, oh God, where we were unfaithful to you, but you, you remain consistent and faithful to us. And so, Father, as we dig into this word, I pray, oh God, that you would meet us, oh God, meet us today. This emotion, oh God, of being tired or exhausted or burnt out or, or, or just worn out, Lord, th- this emotion is real. And I thank you, oh God, that we have a high priest that understands that emotion and can meet us there, oh God, and give us strength. So it's Christ's name we pray. Meet us, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Tired. Uh, over the last several weeks here in Brooklyn, I, I don't know where you're typed in, piped in at, what, what part of the world, part of the country that you're in, but here in New York, specifically, uh, specifically here in Brooklyn, uh, we've been experiencing many sleepless nights. In, in fact, let me be honest with you, last night was a very sleepless night. Now, let me, let me kind of lay this out for you. We're, we're not sleepless necessarily because we're up doing homework. That's not it. We're, we're not sleepless because we are binge watching our favorite TV show. That, that's not it. We, we are not sleepless because we are, have some type of work insomnia where we're up and finishing a project for work. That is not why we are sleep, sleepless. I think y'all know where I'm going. We are sleepless because these daggone fireworks uh, y'all, y'all got to help me out. I, I just, I don't understand. I know there's com- some conspiracy theories, but for the last three to four weeks, every single night, starting around seven, eight o'clock and ending somewhere around two or three o'clock in the morning, there have been fireworks and many Brooklyn nights are extremely physically tired. But, but I'd argue that our tiredness that we're experiencing is not just due to fireworks, the tiredness that we're not we're, that we're experiencing is not just physical, but many of us are emotionally tired. Many of us are mentally tired. Many of us are spiritually tired because the last few months have been rough, and I mean extremely rough. For many of us, we've wrestled with all types of emotions. We've wrestled with anxiety. We've wrestled over the last few months with frustration and fear. We've wrestled with discontentment and even wrestled with anger. And when you wrestle with all of these emotions and you have all of these mixed emotions uh, bottled up and pent up, somewhere along the line, you'll begin to be zapped of your strength. Somewhere along the line, you will begin to feel like you are left extremely exhausted. I've noticed it within our own church. Within our own church, there, there seems to be a lack of joy, a lack of morale. There, there seems to be a lack of excitement. And I told our leaders on Thursday, we had a leaders call, a leadership meeting. And I told our leaders that I think there's a few contributing factors to why we feel just tired. And I'm not talking physically, like go take a nap. I mean, emotionally, spirit, holistically, we just feel tired. I think there's a few contributing factors. Three of them I like to lay before you. First is just the quarantine in and of itself. 
We, we lack rhythm. We, we need some type of schedule. We need some type of rhythm. And just being home ain't it. For some reason, being home just makes us tired, especially if you're parents. If you're parents and you got kids, like you two seconds away from kicking your kids out of the house. My, my oldest son got a job. He got a job this week. And uh, his first summer job, man, and I was so excited. The first day on Monday when he walked out of the house to go to work, I almost spoke in tongues. I was so excited that I got a break from my oldest son. If you ask him, he probably was more excited than me that he got a break from me. But, uh, you know, there's that. I, I think the other reason why we feel tired and exhausted and emotionally drained is because of lack of intimacy, I told our leaders that, that, that there's something about having months and months of months of not being able to hug people. The crew is here right now. We got a camera crew here. We got a few people from the worship team here. And here's what, what, what's frustrating. When I walked in, I couldn't do anything but just say hi. I don't know about y'all, but I'm tired of elbow bumping. Like at some point, you just feel like you need intimacy. You feel like you need a hug. Why? Because we were designed for intimacy. The first moment that you were born, you were brought into this world, you were touched, you you were cared for, you were nurtured, and somewhere along the line, we've lost intimacy. I mean, many of us, some of us haven't hugged anybody since February. Like, sit on that for a second. We have not had physical intimacy. We've been elbow bumping, we've been nodding, we've been saying what's up and throwing up the deuces, but we have not had a moment where we got to be intimate, and I think that is causing all types of emotional issues. The last thing I'll say is I think overwhelming attention of racial issues, I think that has caused to us just being exhausted. I don't know about y'all, man, but the unaddressed race issues in this country uh, tend to traumatize me in a way that I'm just exhausted. I mean, yesterday was the 4th of July and as many people were celebrating, I was mourning, mourning the lives that have been lost due to injustice mourning the systemic racism, and that has a way of making us tired. And if you add all of these things together from quarantine to lack of intimacy to racial issues, we have been tired. If I had to sum up 2020, I'd sum it up in one word, exhausted. If I had to sum up 2020, I'd sum it up with these words of burnt out or worn out or ready to give up or tired, but I'm grateful that you made it, that you didn't give up. I'm grateful that you made it onto the live today. Why am I grateful that you made it on the live? Because we get presented with a model of what it looks like to be tired but stay on mission. To be, be tired but stay connected to our source, which is Jesus Christ. Because what I love about Jesus in our passage today is Jesus experiences the same thing that we experience. The Bible says that Jesus is weary. And that, that's why I serve and, and trust in Jesus. This is why I worship Jesus because... There is not an emotion that I could have that Jesus did not have. That there's not an emotion that I could feel that Jesus has not felt. Jesus is well acquainted with what I am feeling in this season. Let me put a little Bible here. It's Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, that says, We do not have a high priest that uh, is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in every way, just like us, yet without sin. Jesus understands your tiredness today. He understands that feeling of being fatigued and exhausted. Now, I've heard this passage in John 4 preached 
plenty of times. In fact, I've preached it before. And typically we focus on the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well. Rightfully so, what a day she had. She experienced and encountered Jesus in a way that all of us pray to, a a real intimate, connected way. So yes, focus on the woman at the well, but today I'm not gonna focus on the woman on the well. I wanna focus on Jesus. I wanna focus on what Jesus was feeling at the well. The reason I wanna focus on that is because I don't have to make it up. The text tells me what Jesus was feeling at the well. Pick me up in verse six. Verse six says, so Jesus Wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. Don't miss these things that that, that the text is giving us. Jesus is wearied, he's sitting beside the well. He's wearied, sitting beside the well. I'm gonna say it one more time. Jesus is wearied, yet he is sitting beside the well. Jesus is tired from all of his travel. The Bible tells me if you look back uh, in the preceding verses, he traveled from Judea. He's supposed to be going to Galilee and he makes a stop in Samaria, but I don't want you to get this twisted. This ain't one of the boys that are at the well tired. This is Jesus at the well. This is Jesus that is tired. This is the Jesus that is the God of the universe. This is the Jesus that Paul will tell me in Colossians chapter one, uh, that he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. The, The text will go on to say that he is before all things and in him, in Jesus, all things hold together. This is Jesus in which the universe was created, but also the sustainer of all of the universe. Yet he is tired at the well. This is Jesus, the long-awaited Messiah. This is Jesus, the ones that the angels take off their crowns and cast them at the feet of Jesus. That Jesus is exhausted. That Jesus is tired. That Jesus is fatigued. That Jesus is burnt out. Why is he burnt out? He's burnt out from traveling. That there seems to be some type of human emotion that Jesus voluntarily ties himself to. You got to get it. You got to get this right that Jesus doesn't have to do it, but he, but he does so because he's not just God, but he's in touch with his human side. It's called the hypostatic union where he is not 50% God and 50% man, but he's 100% God and he's 100% man. And what I get in this text is his human side. This is Jesus that slept and ate and used the bathroom. He cried at times. And the text today tells me that that Jesus is exhausted. One of the greatest miracles in the gospel is that God puts on flesh to come down, breathe air that he created, go through a birth canal that he created, get fatigued in which he created the motion of being fatigued and ultimately go to a cross and get on some wood that he would have created. This Jesus ties himself in. What this tells me is that Jesus in his human nature fully understands me. He fully understands the season of me being tired And so, Piff, please, let's not get it twisted. We don't serve a God that can't relate to us. I know you tired. I know you feel like nobody can relate to what I'm feeling in this season, but Jesus can. Why? Because he's at the well, tired. I don't know about y'all, but I want to come down your street a little bit. How many of us are tired? How many of you are Jesus right now sitting at the well feeling fatigued? How many of us are drained and how many of us feel like they, we wish that this season could be over? I don't know about y'all, but I, I personally have been struggling. 
I've been struggling in this season, trying to maneuver and figure out where I fit in. I, I hate the fact that I don't know what next month will bring and I can't figure out a rhythm and I can't figure out a schedule. I don't know about y'all, but I have been tired. If I see one more Zoom link, if I get one more email to get on another Zoom link, in fact, when I see the logo for Zoom, I get an instant attitude. Can, can, y'all, can y'all be honest with me about that? Where, where are you tired of just connecting with people virtually? I'm tired of virtual funerals. I'm tired of preaching in a room where nobody is. I'm tired of preaching to cameras. I'm, I'm tired of elbowing to bump people. I'm tired of missing y'all. I'm tired of wearing masks. It's too daggone hot to be wearing masks. I'm just exhausted. I'm just tired. I'm, I'm worn out and... I bet I'm not the only one that's tired. I bet there's a few people that are tapped on right now that are just as worn out to me. In fact, if you do me a favor, if you would let me know in the comments section, I got my phone and I told Ty I'm gonna do better this week. We're trying to connect with who's online right now. If you could do me a favor and just let me know, what are you tired of? What, what is it that has you exhausted? What has you worn out right now? Just type that in the chat room. I'll give you a second. I don't like dead space. I don't like where you just have moments of silence, but I, I'll sit back for a second because I want to see what it is that you guys, what has you at the well right now? Tired and fatigued. What, what is it that you are worn out about? I'm reading it. Somebody said racism. I see you. Somebody said commuting. I, I see that emotionally drained. Victor, I see you. Victor says that he's emotionally drained. I can relate right now. That's what I feel. You know what that means? That means that we're at the well. It means we're at the well and we, we, are, we are tired right now. What else are y'all saying? Not being able, Keisha Katz says, not being able to spend regular time with my family and friends. Facts. So many of us are worn out right now. Uh, I'm tired of working from home. And not having separation from work and home life. Somebody, Sydney, yes and amen. Where you don't have any boundaries between work. It all bleeds together. It has a way of making us tired. You know what else is crazy? We've been in it for a long time. It's like this could, this is bearable if there was an end date. This is more bearable if it was two weeks. Well, we've been in this for months and months and months. And when you look around the country and you see the numbers ticking up, it makes me fear we're going to be in this for a lot longer. And it has us sitting at the well and it has us tired. And here's the problem when I'm tired. I'm going to keep it a buck with you today. When I'm tired, I get grumpy. I don't know about you, but when, when I'm tired, I get agitated. I get, I get short. When I'm, when, I'm, when I'm real tired, I'm more liable to cuss you out. I make bad decisions when I'm tired. I don't fool up with people when I'm tired. People get on my, my nerves when I am tired, but I want to be like Jesus because when Jesus is tired, he does not take down from being who he is. He still engages. In fact, watch what Jesus does here. Verse six says he's wearied. From his journey, he's sitting beside the well, but verse seven says a woman from Samaria came to draw water and Jesus said to her, wait a second, don't miss this. Jesus is tired, but he initiates a conversation with a Samaritan woman, which really Jews and Samarians didn't mix like that. He enters into a deep conversation in the midst of being tired. Let me tell you something about me. When I'm tired, the last thing I want to do is talk. 
When I'm tired, the last thing I want to do is engage in a conversation. He's traveled miles and miles and miles and miles away, and he finally gets to Samaria. He finally gets by a well that he can draw and get some physical sustenance so that he can regain his strength. And instead of regaining strength, he starts to talk. He starts to have a conversation. Y'all, real talk, man. I had a, I had a flight to L.A. last year. And, um, you know, one of the things I learned about traveling coast to coast is when you're traveling coast to coast, it's really important that you try your best to stay on ground for at least 48 hours. Because you gotta give your body a, a second to, that, that flight across coast, that five and a half hour flight has a way of just draining your life. And so the longer you can stay on the ground, the more refreshed you are to get back on that flight. But I had something I had to do, so I had to do a quick trip to LA and back from, uh, from uh, JFK into LAX, five and a half uh, hours, I had a quick trip I had to do. And so what I did was I did it in 24 hours. I went early in the morning to JFK and I jumped on the flight and I, I flew all the way to LA. I got off the flight, literally got in an Uber, went to the church, preached three times, jumped back in the Uber, went back to LAX, no hotel, went back to LAX to catch a red eye flight back home. And the whole time I'm in the Uber, the only thing I'm thinking about is the massive sleep that's about to happen when I get on this flight. You ever did that? When you go into the airport and you're like, yo, this sleep is about to be epic, like mouth open, drooling, snoring loud, that type of sleep. That's what I was preparing to do because it's a red eye. So all the way there, I was praying. I was going, Lord, please let this flight not be full because I, I, I want some space in between me and people and I want to be able to stretch out on the seat and I had, I had all these things in my mind that I'm thinking about and I finally get to the gate and when I get to the gate, the first thing the stewardess says is, this flight is full. Instant attitude once again. I'm like, why is this flight full? full? So then I shift my prayer because I was like, God, you wasn't feeling me on the first prayer so maybe you'll hear this second prayer. Please pray that whoever sits next to me has the same spirit as, of sleep as I do. And unfortunately, the Lord just wasn't feeling me that, that prayer either because this old lady comes and sweet old lady comes and sits next to me. She starts to, starts to talk to me, red-eye flight. She starts to talk to me about her grandkids. I knew it was going to be a long flight when she pulled out a phone and showed me her pictures of the grandkids. I, I was like, yeah, this is going to be a long flight. Telling me how she's going to fly into New York and her family's going to pick her up and take her to Connecticut and she's going to spend time with her grandkids and she's telling me about the grandkids and what they like. And then, oh, about an hour in, she asked me, what is it that you do? I said, I'm a pastor. And boy, she had to have conversation about me being a pastor. Here, here's what was happening. The last thing I wanted to do was talk because I was tired. Last thing I wanted to do was engage in a deep conversation because I was tired. But watch Jesus. Jesus is wearied, verse 6. He's at the well. He's exhausted. He's tired. That's literally what the Greek means. He's exhausted from his travel, yet he starts the conversation with a young lady. And this thing just ain't a conversation. It's a deep one. I mean, he's talking about our five failed marriages. He's talking about the, 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 the adulterous relationship she's in at the moment. He's talking about where her family worships. Remember, she was like, some worship here. So it's a deep combo. But what I love about Jesus, don't miss this. Jesus had enough passion to make sure that even though he was tired, people were still connecting with him. Don't miss that. Let me say that again. Jesus had enough passion to, even though he was tired, he wanted to make sure that people were connecting with him. Ultimately, he's going to reveal himself to her. 
She's going to give her life to the Lord. This one conversation, even though he's tired with this young lady, doesn't just save her. But if you go to verse 41, her whole household gets saved. Everybody that she's connected to starts to give their life to the Lord. Why? Because Jesus did not let his fatigue stop him from mission. Jesus did not let his weariness stop him from being on mission. Let me help you. I know you worn out right now. I know you tired right now, but do not let this season stop you from connecting with Jesus. Do not let this season stop you from representing Jesus. Do not let this season stop you from growing in your affections for Jesus. Do not let this season stop you from connecting to the word of God. We talked about it last week. Don't let this season stop you from praying and telling people about Jesus and and connecting with the body and checking on to live streams to make sure that you are being fed the word of God. Don't let this season stop you from growing in community and discipleship. This is not a season. We are not part-time Christians. We are not Christians when it's convenient and when we're refreshed. We're Christians even though we're sitting by the well and we're wearied. Even though we are tired and emotionally burnt out. I don't turn off my Christianity when COVID-19 kicks in. No, no, I, I, I maintain. I sit at the well and I do what Jesus did. I still engage in conversations. And I, I'll say this, and I don't know why I'm going here, but be careful of how you handle your seasons of spiritual fatigue. Let me say that over here. Be careful of how you handle your seasons of spiritual fatigue because it is in those seasons that you are most vulnerable to the enemy's attacks. It could be in this season where sin is easily creeped in. It's in this season that if we're not careful, this season right now could be the season that if you make that one decision, it could be the wrong decision. I don't know about y'all, man, but when I'm tired, I can't make decisions. I can't. Before COVID-19, before the pandemic, when we were all gathered in this space and we used to have three services and I would preach three services, I realized somewhere around one or two o'clock, I couldn't make any more decisions for the day. Because I preached three services. I was spiritually drained. I was mentally and physically drained. And there were times where people would try to draw me into meetings. And I'm like, this is not the day you want my thoughts because I'm tired. In fact, Ty would be like, what you want for dinner? I'd be like, I don't care. Whatever you want. And the reason I, because I, I realize that I can't make decisions when I'm spiritually tired. And I don't know who I'm talking to today. But somebody right now that's piped in right now, you have a major decision that you have to make. And you're tired and you want to make it out of exhaustion. But let me encourage you to spend some time with Jesus first. Why, why, why don't you sit at the well and, and have a conversation with him? Spend some time fasting. Talk to God. You, you need that one day where you walk away from everything. You go to the park. You got your phone and you put it in your bag. You got your journal. You got your Bible and you got your mask. And you are socially distancing and you sit at the park and you just spend some time with Jesus. Before you make that decision, you need to spend some time with Jesus. So Jesus here, verse 6, is wearied. Jesus here in verse six is at the well and he's tired, but he doesn't let his fatigue stop him from being on mission. He engages with a Samaritan woman to tell her about who he is. And then he does something incredible. And I'm ending here. He says here, give me a drink. Now, although Jesus is talking about natural water, 
When he says, give me a drink, Jesus is talking. He, he physically needs some sustenance. He, he needs something to drink. Although he's talking about natural water, I, I would argue that when you're sitting at the well, it is you that needs spiritual water. And you know how I know that Jesus really is trying to turn this thing? It's not just about natural water for Jesus. Because later on, he's going to say, listen, if you knew who you was talking to, boo-boo, you would ask me for a drink. Because the drink that I give will well up in you to be eternal life. If you drink the water that I give you, you'll never, ever thirst again. Here is the solution to your fatigue. The solution, and I'm so glad I got to verse seven earlier this week. The solution for me being exhausted is spending time drinking from Jesus. Jesus is the greatest thirst trap. Jesus is the greatest, the, the greatest one to quench that thirst. Do you sit at the well right now? Don't you sit there and be tired and not drink from Jesus? Don't you sit at that well right now and be thirsty and not drink from Jesus? Don't you sit at that well and be complaining and not drink from Jesus? Don't sit at the well and be anxious and not drink from Jesus. Jesus is the well that never runs dry. Jesus is that well that you can always tap into. Here's what I know. Many of you right now are spiritually dehydrated. Let, let me back up. Many of us, including me, is spiritually dehydrated. And Jesus is like, yo, I'm here. Drink of me. Oftentimes I'm drinking so many other things and not drinking of Jesus. Jesus is like, you're thirsty because you need some of me. I've been, I've been working out a little bit. I know you can't tell. I've been trying to, trying to keep up, trying to get my heart right, trying to get my emotions right. So I, a couple times a week, I get up early, early, early in the morning before Brooklyn wakes up and I meet a couple guys and we meet up and we jog. And I was talking to one of the guys, George, shout out to George. I was talking to George and we, we were talking about midway through the run, I'm like, man, I'm so thirsty. And he said, well, well you're thirsty because you probably didn't drink enough water before the run. And I got to like digging into what is thirst. Do you realize that the moment you're thirsty, you're already dehydrated? Do you know that? The moment you're thirsty, your body is saying you have, you don't have enough water. So to curb that, George says, always drink water even when you're not thirsty. That's a whole entire word. Drink water when you are not thirsty because it'll cause you to never be thirsty. Here's, here's why you jumped on today. Because you're tired, you're spiritually fatigued, you're drained, you're worn out, but you haven't drank enough water yet. And Jesus is at the well going, listen, I ain't ever gonna run dry. That water I give you, you'll never thirst again. Drink of me. That there's a song that we sing that the words say, are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin. It says, Jesus is calling. Then it goes on more contextual for our text. It says, have you come to the end of yourself? Do you need a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Here's what I know that today, Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart and he's trying to tell you, baby, you're thirsty. My, my G, you're thirsty. What you need is a drink from Jesus. He may have asked the Samaritan woman for a drink, but ultimately he was trying to get her to drink because the water she would have drew up for him, he would have been thirsty an hour later in that Middle Eastern heat. But one sip of Jesus 
and the spiritual fatigue goes away. I invited Destiny here today and my dude Josh and asked them to tag on. They said, we usually end off right here, but I just feel a moment for you to worship as you sit at the well. For you to ask Jesus to enter into that moment of dryness and, and spiritual fatigue and ask God to quench that thirst. So if you'll do me a favor, man, like I don't know how this will go, but just, just worship with us today as we sing about coming to the end of yourself and drinking from the well.
but somebody needs to get to the altar. And what I love about Jesus is that the altar is not here at 1542 Fulton Street. The altar can be at whatever your address is right now. He's at the altar of your heart. And I pray that you would drink from him today. Father, I pray for everybody that's jumped on today. I thank you for how providential you are in meeting us in times of weakness, times of thirst, times of exhaustion I thank you oh God that we could never ask you for a drink and you deny it the word tells us Lord if we ask you for a fish you would not give us a serpent but you're a good God that gives gracious gifts and many of us today many of us many of us many of us are asking to drink from you I pray that this week would be marked that we'd have a new trajectory of life that this week we would spend time drinking from you. Father, we've drunk, we've drank enough other stuff. It's not nutritious for us and not spiritually good for us, but Father, let us drink from the living water. Well, that never runs dry. I thank you, O oh God, for meeting us today. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you guys for hanging out with us. I say it every week, but I say it again. I miss y'all. I miss y'all so much. And until the next time we meet, I pray, Lord willing, that, that you would stay safe, that you would stay healthy, that you would be mindful of your surroundings, that you would practice social distancing and all the things that we're supposed to do. Don't get too comfortable. Let's maintain seriousness in this season. Why don't you receive this benediction? It says, now unto him who's able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or think according to the power that works within us. To him, Jesus, be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Grace and peace. I love you guys.